Welcome to Horticulture Hangover on News Radio KLBJ. You're in the right place to get answers to all of your questions about your lawn, garden, trees, and more. Now, here's your host, Colleen Dieter. Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning, Central Texas gardeners. I hope you have a warm beverage in your hand, as I do. I've got my cup of tea here. Um, yeah, I don't have to tell you it's chilly, and uh, it's been cold all week. We're in our deep freeze that um, typically happens once a year around here. Although some of my friends who I've talked to this week are concerned about what February might bring, if we might get another one. We'll see. But um, this makes, to my memory, this makes four years in a row of uh, prolonged temperatures below freezing. Um, and not just below freezing, but in the teens and 20s, which also to my memory, uh, used to only happen maybe once every five years or once every 10 years. And now we've had four years in a row um, and I think it's interesting, uh, you know, of course, in 2021, after the snowpocalypse, I was distressed about it. Now I'm kind of getting used to it. Uh, and, but feeling kind of sad that it's going to be hard to keep certain plants in our landscapes, uh, that used to be landscape design staples like rosemary I haven't checked to see if mine is alive or not, but you know, I used to include rosemary in every single one of my landscape designs. And now not so much. It's getting cold enough every winter to kill it. So and I don't want to have to cover it all the time. Um so I'm Colleen Dieter, and this is the Horticulture Hangover Show. I am a landscape consultant here in Austin, Texas. Um, you can learn more about me at atxgardens.com. I help my customers by giving them advice and alleviating their anxieties about their yards. And um, you can call in or text me with your gardening questions today at 512 836 0590 and yeah I'm sure you're gonna have questions about your plants um, from the cold and so forth uh, and right now we've got Kim on the line with a question about peaches good morning Kim you're on the air good morning um, I have a question so fertilizing peach trees Mm -hmm. If you're using organic fertilizer, like a, a granular, mm -hmm. um, do you wait until they're starting to leaf out or before, since it takes a while for the fertilizer to kind of break down? And when, what, when should I do that? Should it be like, you know, now, mid-February? And also, how if they're well-established trees, how much per tree? How do you decide that? Well, um, great question, Kim. Thanks. Um, so I like to fertilize 
when I prune them and it's getting to be time for pruning. Um, pretty much any time between now and mid-March when the flowers start to open is a good time for fruit tree pruning. Um, yeah. And I like to fertilize them around the same time. So it's fine to do it now. You're right with the organic fertilizer because it does take a while for it to break down. And, you know, the the roots are still feeding even though it's winter. Um, so it's a good idea for them to have some food there ready for when they wake up in the spring. Um, now, the question of how much is hard for me to answer on the air. Um, that has really, in, in a perfect world, you would do like a soil test and then calculate from there. Um, but I would say just follow the directions on the bag as best as you can. So I'm using like Medina mm -hmm. uh, Growing Green, which is mm -hmm. um, not specifically for fruit, fruit trees. trees. Yeah. Um, and it says, I think it's a pound per uh, inch of diameter, which would mm -hmm. be like, I calculated like 10 pounds per tree. And I'm just wondered, is that about? That make sure, sound? yeah, no, make sure that you're calculating diameter, which is the straight right. distance through. Because if you have 10 inch diameter peach trees I'd be really surprised oh really yeah okay, so I took the the circumference and divided it by pi uh okay I think we need to consult Google <laughs> <laughs> I keep a diameter measuring tape in my uh, truck that measures the diameter uh without having to do the um the conversion with the math so ask google okay. <laughs> do it for well, you make sure what i found out was that you take like a tape measure around the whole yeah breed, to do the circumference and then divide it by pi and that was supposed to be the diameter but maybe i can't I'm remember i feel like there might wrong. be another step but 10 okay. inch 10 maybe inch I'm diameter is big for a peach tree and maybe you have enormous peach trees but usually like 10 inch diameter is like a much bigger tree, like a shade tree. So oh, okay. yeah. Well then I probably did miss a step there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It's hard. I know, you know, gardening challenges us to do things that we never would normally do like geometry. <laughs> so. Well, I'll recalculate that. All right, Kim. Go by the yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, and there's a point at which it's okay to wing it with the organic fertilizers. Yeah. 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 Okay, so You're great. doing the right thing, thank Kim. You. All right, thank you. Happy gardening. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, that's a great question from Kim. And yeah, it's getting to be pruning time, everybody. Um, I'm really excited. I was, I took... Thursday, I went out into the yard when it was, we had a little break in the cold and it was nice and warm on Thursday. And um, I went out and kind of assessed some of the damage um, from the cold on my plants. And I have some Highway 290 roses that just came through like champs. No problem there. 
They look wonderful, and I'm getting ready to prune them soon. And I just added to my to-do list also fruit tree pruning. And so fruit tree pruning and rose pruning are very similar and happen around the same time of the year. Um, You know, usually people remember it by saying Valentine's Day because you associate Valentine's Day with roses. Um, But you can start doing it now. Uh, I always say you need to do it when it's convenient for you within a window of time. Um, And I remember seeing uh, Dr. Larry Stein from Texas A&M, who's a fruit tree expert, explain that sometimes he even likes to wait to prune the fruit trees until they're blooming. And he'll he'll prune them while they're blooming. Um, So that way he can control the amount of fruit that the trees make, which is quite clever. Um, But for me, cutting flowers off of the tree is really sad and hard. (laughs) So I don't like to do it. I like to do it earlier. Most people do it earlier before they start blooming. Um, So it's going to be time to do that. So if you have any questions for me about rose pruning, fruit tree pruning, um, cold damage on your plants coming up, here, give me a call at 512-836-0590. And here we go. We've got Steve and Leander on the line. Hey. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you doing? Uh, well, um, so far I'm surviving the cold. Good, good. Um, let's see, I have a question about uh, sheet mulching. Okay. <clears throat> I'm expanding my flower beds and so I have a bed in the front yard I'm looking at it now and okay I've been sheet mulching but then I as I was looking at it I'm doing it around my elm tree and I'm I realized that I'm covering up you know the critical root zone like at the drip line with all this sheet mulching (laughs) should I not be doing that or how can I expand this bed that's you know close to the elm tree without hurting it yeah, great question. This is a um, this is a controversial question uh, with arborists, and you know I'm a certified arborist too, but I'm also a big proponent of sheet mulching. And um, yeah, you have to be sensitive to your elm tree and that you are covering up a, its root zone when you sheet mulch under it. Um, and so usually I say like, if you can avoid sheet mulching the entire, uh, root zone all at one time, do that. So if you have the option, Steve, of doing, you know, like maybe half of the space that you were planning to do now, and then maybe a year later doing the other half, um, that would be considerate for the tree. Um, Yes, I can do that. Okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead and do that. I think that would help the tree for sure. Um, Yeah. Is that because, like, in a year, the, like, the cardboard will have decayed enough that, you know, water can get down through the... Yeah, that's my feeling about it. I don't have, um, like, scientific proof to back that up, but 
in my experience, it takes, yeah, it takes about a year for the cardboard to break down like that and, and uh, you know, really let through air and water. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll do that. Thanks a lot. Okay. You're welcome, Steve. Thanks for your question. Bye. Bye. That's great. Yeah. Um, sheet mulching, for our listeners who don't know, is a process for removing turf grass or existing weeds to build a new um, flower bed area using cardboard and layering on top of the cardboard. And um, it's time for a commercial break. So I'll have more on that when we get back. Thanks. This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning. This is Colleen Dieter with the Horticulture Hangover show. I am a landscape consultant at atxgardens.com. Um, I help my customers by alleviating their anxieties about their yards. So if you have landscape questions, I can come to your house and help you figure out what to do with your yard. At ATX, as in Austin, Texas, ATXGardens.com. So check it out. And today on the show, I'm answering questions over the phone and over text. The number is 512-836-0590. Surely you have some questions for me after this cold. And you could be on the air if you call in, but if you're shy, you can text 512-836-0590. And um, I've got some stuff coming up on January 27th, oh, a week from today. I'll be teaching a class about tree pruning at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center from 10 to noon. Go to wildflower.org to register. Um, and that covers just uh, understory tree pruning and pruning of small shade trees. Um, so I'll cover the basics there, where to make the cuts, how to decide what to trim off, um, come to the class and settle a bet with your spouse, because I know everyone argues about it. Um, and then February 3rd, the week after, I'll be at the Wildflower Center again from 10 to noon. Um, Teaching my winter care for native plants class. Um, So that has to do with how to take care of native Texas plants during cold weather and what to do to get them ready for spring. So check that out at wildflower.org you can sign up for those classes there you have to register for those okay looks like i've got a text message um let's see 
Someone texted and said, forgot to recover my bunny ears last night. Will they be okay? Well, I can answer this more generally because there's a lot of plants called bunny ears. Um, and I'm not sure which one you're talking about, but that's okay. Um, so for plants that you know did get cold damage, um, it can be really hard to assess this early on because it just froze last night. And um, I think at my house, it got down to about 25. It was about 27 when I walked out the door this morning. And that's really cold and it still hasn't thawed yet. I don't think it's supposed to get above freezing until 10 o'clock this morning. So wait till tomorrow um, to take a look. And uh, it can take a really long time for plants to show cold damage. Um, so, okay, they just texted and said, this is a type of cactus, bunny ears cactus. So, yeah, um, you'll know soon with cactus uh, because they'll just start to, they'll just look like a blob of goo if they're frozen. So um, you'll know right away with the cactus. Um, so later today, take a look and see if the cactus is standing upright and looks the same as it did before, then you're in good shape. But um, if it's just a blob or pile of goo, then it's over for the cactus. Sometimes they can grow back from the ground or if there's a little Bit that didn't freeze close to the ground um, you can do you know sometimes they'll grow back but with the cactus they're really pretty sensitive so yeah it's tough you know this is just the truth about gardening sometimes we forget to cover things sometimes even if they're covered it gets so cold that they still freeze um, so that's what I always joke that that's what keeps the nursery business going and <laughs> events like this you know so go shop at your local nurseries to get some new plants to for the ones that died in the cold um so yeah uh but some of the other plants take a while before they show their cold damage um, and sometimes they'll look really bad right after the cold and then you'll realize they they kind of perk up again it takes them a while to kind of sort out the damage in their little plant bodies. Um, so give them a little time uh, and you'll be able to tell things will change. Um, you'll be able to better discern like which parts of the plants are truly dead that you could cut off and um, which parts might still be alive. Uh I kind of like it when we have these really hard freezes because it takes a lot of the guesswork out uh, with a lot of the native plants um, where the whole top of the plant is dead um, for things like lantanas or uh, even well-adapted plants like shrimp plants and stuff like that. Like the whole top of the plant is going to be dead and you can cut the whole top off 
and let it grow back. It'll grow back in the spring from the ground. So that's better than sometimes when we get these sort of light freezes and part of the plant's dead or part of the plant's damaged but not dead and then you kind of don't know uh, how to take care of it. It's easier for gardeners when we have these definitive, very, very hard freezes to take them back. So um, here's a text message from someone who says, I'm shy. Thank you for texting instead. That's great. No problem. And they ask, can I still gather and plant the little black seed berries on native lantana? Thanks. And absolutely you can. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, They'll still be viable. Um, You may want to start them indoors or like in a shed with a heating pad on them to keep them warm so the seeds will actually sprout Um, because the cooler weather will make it hard for lantana seeds to sprout. So keeping them warm is a good idea. And it's time uh, to start your tomatoes and peppers and stuff indoors. Um, I know it's hard to imagine because it's been so cold, but it's time now to start tomato seeds, pepper seeds, eggplants, and basil, things like that um, indoors so that they'll be ready to move outdoors uh, in mid-March as little transplants. So you'll be all set. And um, there'll be more after the break. Welcome to Horticulture Hangover on News Radio KLBJ. You're in the right place to get answers to all of your questions about your lawn, garden, trees, and more. Now, here's your host, Colleen Dieter. Hey, y'all. Good morning. This is Colleen Dieter with atxgardens.com and uh, I'm a landscape consultant so I am available to give you advice about your yard and in person at your home and uh, today on the show I'm answering your questions about trees, plants, your garden, whatever plant-related advice you need, the number is 512-836-0590. Again, my name is Colleen Dieter with atxgardens.com. And someone just texted here with uh, one of my all-time favorite questions. And um, this is my one of my areas of expertise and here we go the question is how do i know what to cut to the ground versus pruning versus plants that grow back from the branches or stems for example eupatoriums or plumbagos vines flamacanthus beautyberry mexican honeysuckles salvias and others is there a rule slash website? Will I just know come spring and just leave everything alone? Hmm. Well, I'm teaching a whole class about this on February 3rd from 10 to noon 
at the Wildflower Center. It's called Winter Care for Native Plants, and this is exactly what we cover in that class. You can register for the class at wildflower.org. You can also purchase my three-volume set of booklets on my website at atxgardens.com. Click on Store, and there you can get the my booklets. It's called Let's Care for Texas Plants, and it explains plant by plant how to do it because it is really confusing and it's different for each plant. Um, and it can vary depending on the weather and what you want out of the plant. Um, so from your list of plants here that you gave in this text message, um, I'm going to go with flame acanthus because it's the most confusing of all of them. Um, so flame acanthus, depending on the weather, can be evergreen. Um, if we have a mild winter, it'll keep its leaves. Uh, if we have a hard winter, it usually loses all of its leaves. And then you've just got the bare stems. Okay, and the flame acanthus, usually the stems stay alive. And what you can do with those plants that are kind of woody like that is you can use, you can use your thumbnail to kind of scratch the bark away to see if it's still green underneath and see if it's still alive. The problem is this soon after uh, cold, it's probably still going to be green under there, even if it's damaged to the point where it's going to die. Um, and also some of our favorite perennials in the Texas landscape just are green. Their stems are just green. So it's really hard to tell if they're going to be alive or not. So it really is something that you have to do on a plant by plant <laughs> basis. Um, so for the flame acanthus though, those plants are so, going back to the flame acanthus, those plants are so rambunctious. They grow so fast um, and they can really take over. So I had a flame acanthus in my pollinator garden at home and I, I used to cut it down to the ground every year, no matter what. I just leave a few inches of stem sticking out of the ground so that I could remember that the plant is there. Um, and that they always grew back from the ground. And I did that even if we didn't get a hard freeze because I wanted to control the size of the plant and I didn't want it to get so huge and spread. So I'd cut it all the way down every year and force it to grow back. And so that way I could control the size. So think about that. Um, if you're interested in controlling the size and making sure that it doesn't take over whole area with the flame acanthus, you can cut it down at this time of year. Um, if you want it to be bigger, it's probably fine. Like the stems are probably still alive and they'll just grow their leaves back in the spring. Um, sometimes the very tips of the stems will die uh, and but the fatter stems are still alive and then you could you could shear a flame acanthus on the top to remove the dead parts 
um, and to kind of shape it up if you want it to be a nicer shape, you can do that. Um, flame acanthus is one of the most confusing plants that we have in the, in the landscape. And so uh, I think you can, rather than trimming it in response to the weather, um, trim it, do trim it in response to how you want it to look and the shape and size that you want. Okay. And it, it is very confusing this time of year. And there's not a lot of information um, written down anywhere. So when you asked if there's a rule or a website, there is not. Um, it's hard to find information about what to do at this time of year with the perennials and deciduous shrubs. Um, deciduous means shrubs that lose their leaves. Um, so, yeah, so take a look at atxgardens.com and uh, see if you want to purchase Let's Care for Texas Plants because it goes through plant by plant. Um, and I wrote that book during, it's a really a, in the style of a zine, which is like a homemade magazine. Um, I put it together during COVID, during the shutdown when I was bored. And it has diagrams in it that I, I drew about how to, where to make the cuts and even how to divide some plants like bulbs and stuff like that. So check it out. Um, and uh, sign up for the class at the Wildflower Center on February 3rd from 10 to noon, Winter Care for Native Plants. Or have me come over for a consultation. Um, again, you can find out more about my consultations at atxgardens.org if you're confused about what to cut back. Um, and in your text message, you also asked about plumbagos. And plumbagos are in the book, Let's Care for Texas Plants. Um, and usually they're pretty straightforward. You can cut plumbagos all the way down. Um, and like I said, with stuff that I cut all the way down, I like to leave a few inches of stem sticking out of the ground uh, so that way I can um, remember that there's plants there, especially with plumbagos because they are native to South Africa and they need really hot weather before they start growing back. So you might not see your plumbagos start to grow back until mid-April or even May, depending on the weather. If it's cooler and, we, and rainy, they'll be slow to grow back. But if it's hot and drier, they'll grow back faster. So if they are not growing back until mid-April, chances are you've already made a trip to the nursery uh, or to a plant swap by April 15th, right? And seeing all beautiful plants at the nursery and you'll come home with your plants from the nursery and trying looking for places to plant them and you're going to forget that you had a big plumbago in that spot um, that, you know, gets to be three feet wide and maybe two feet tall and you'll end up planting the plants too close together. So leave some stems sticking up out of the ground so you'll remember that there's plants there. 
Okay, it's time for another break. Catch you afterwards. Hi, Horticulture Hangover listeners. I'm Leah Cherner, and I want to tell you about another show that I do with Colleen Dieter. It is a podcast called The Horticulturati. On this show, you will hear us dive deep into topics like xeriscaping, garden design, fruit tree care, how to attract pollinators to your landscape, pocket prairies, and more. Join us. You can listen to it for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other podcast players, or on our website, horticulturati.com. That's the word horticulture. Drop the E and add A-T-I. Horticulturati. Check out our podcast, The Horticulturati, at horticulturati.com. Thanks. Sounds good. Good morning, y'all. This is Colleen Dieter with the Horticulture Hangover Show. Check out my website at atxgardens.com. There you'll be able to see my services and purchase my three-volume set of booklets called Let's Care for Texas Plants. Over the last 20 years, I've taught thousands of do-it-yourselfers how to create beautiful, sustainable landscapes. I created Let's Care for Texas Plants as an instruction guide for how and when to trim, feed, and water your native plants. It's available as hard copy and also digitally at atxgardens.com. I can also consult with you on your yard and any gardening questions you have. If you have anxiety about your yard, visit atxgardens.com and I can help. That's atxgardens.com. This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Good morning. How's it going, everybody? chilly out there um oh we've got don on the phone good morning don you're on the air hello colleen how are you good how are you don i'm doing well thanks staying warm okay good um i've got to put in my plug for your consulting services because you came out and gave me a lot of great advice, and I look forward to having you come out again in the spring. Great, Don. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, how's so it going over there so with your plants? Call up and get on our schedule because he's great. Oh, great. Thank you, Don. I so appreciate that. Now, now we never did harvest the uh, exotic tree seeds that you I wanted. Know. I guess it's too late. Um, probably at this point, but we'll try again next year. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, my, que- my question for you is, when I lived in West Texas, I had two peach trees there Ooh. that were about uh, 12 or 13 foot tall, and and uh, they produced these freestone peaches that you just bite into, and then they gush all over your face mm. and your hands, and the, the pit falls out, and I love those trees, and... You know, most of the peaches that I seem to get in Central Texas mm-hmm. are firm, and the the pit is firmly uh, connected to the flesh, and mm-hmm. you can't really uh, it, it doesn't fall out on its own. You got to 
dig it out or, or pull it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, I'd like to plant a couple peach trees here on the property, and I'm wondering about varieties. If you can tell me a variety that kind of matches my description that might mm-hmm. work in Central Texas, or maybe those kind of peaches just can't grow here. Um, great question, Don. So I don't know for sure which ones, you know, they were the ones that you had in West Texas. Um, uh-huh. but there, if you start researching peach varieties, um, there are freestone types and then there's other types that are called cling stones. And so, um, Texas A&M has a lot of good information on their websites about the different varieties of peaches. And then also when you go to buy peach trees, uh, the nurseries, whether you do it from in person at a local nursery or you buy online, um, they'll have information about whether or not they're freestone or cling uh-huh. types. So, so if that's important to you, check that out. And then the challenge here for me is always just making sure that I've got a variety of peach that will actually make fruit here. <laughs> and, uh, oh. You know, we're, what you need to pay attention to if you're shopping for peaches is the number of chill hours required uh, for the tree to bloom. So trees uh, know they, they can't count, but based on their like hormones and stuff that happens with in the, inside the tree during the winter, they need a certain number of hours below 55 degrees and above freezing before they will bloom. And mm-hmm. so that's different for each region of the world. And uh-huh. so around here in Austin, you wanna look for, uh, and where you are out in Westlake, um, you wanna look for peach trees that are around 500 or 550 or 600 chill hours. And okay. So when I'm shopping for peach trees, that's always the thing that I'm looking for. Um, and then and then narrow it down to the ones that are uh, freestone types. So uh, that way, you know, the, the pit will fall out easily. And then uh, do you need to protect those when we have freezing temperatures like we have the last few days? No. For the most part, the peaches will be just fine. If you plant them this time of year, um, they should be fine. You shouldn't have to protect them. Just make sure they're watered and that you have some mulch over the roots. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, Don. Looking forward to getting some in. Oh, good. Yeah. It's so exciting. Planting the fruit trees is really fun. So, yeah, I hope, hope it works out for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll give you a buzz later in the in the year and have you come back up. Oh, good, Don. Thanks so much. It's always great to hear from you. Thank you. Call okay. Me. Bye. Yeah, just off the top of my head, a uh, couple of good peach varieties for right around Austin too, Don. Um, and for our other listeners who are thinking about peaches, for in town, uh, I really like La Feliciana. It's very low chill hours, so um, like in my neighborhood, it's pretty warm compared to outside of town or over in Westlake where Don is. 
And La Feliciana is very low chill. Uh, like I think it's even maybe 200 hours, something very low. And they are reliable producers. Um, June Gold is the classic choice. I think it's at 600. Um, so just check it out and and consider, you know, if you're in town, it's going to be a lot warmer than if you're out on the outskirts of town or out in a rural area. Um, here are someone texted and recommended Loring Peach, which is a good one that I always forget about Loring. Um, so I wonder if Loring is the one, Don, that you had out in West Texas. Uh, that's a freestone type. Um, that's really delicious. So, um, so check those out, but there's so many different kinds and, uh, the different, the other thing that's going to be a deciding factor for you too is availability. Um, cause the fruit trees really can be hard to find. Uh, it's very popular now. Uh, there's a little fruit tree revival going on where a lot of people are planting fruit trees and, um, I'm really excited about it and, uh, you know, it can just be hard to even get the trees sometimes because uh, there's so much demand for them. So uh, the, de the availability at the nurseries might be a deciding factor for you too. Um, Natural Gardener always carries a nice selection of fruit trees this time of year. And a lot of the other local nurseries have really stepped up their games and they're carrying great selections of fruit trees too because there's so much demand for them. So, and now is the time for planting. I know one of my customers texted me yesterday and said, oh, should I wait till March to plant fruit trees? And no, now's the time for all the stone fruits and the palm fruits. So apples and pears and quince are the palm fruits. The stone fruits are the ones that have a pit. So peaches, plums, apricots, nectarines, they're all, it's all time to plant all those guys now. Um, you could even try your hand at grafting some fruit trees if you have a maybe you have a peach tree that doesn't really make fruit that you like or doesn't produce fruit every year you could get some cuttings from a friend and try grafting them on there but i'm out of town i'm out of time this is colleen dieter with atxgardens.com and i'll see you next week thanks